commentaries are number four, not number one. If you make your commentaries number one, you're going to really miss out on knowing the text and knowing what God's speaking to you and what he's wanting to share with those particular uh, people. What commentaries do for us, one, is they provide a good check. Hi, welcome to the Expositors Collective Podcast, episode 199. I'm your host, Mike Neglia, and the voice that you just heard is that of Pastor Eric Cartier. Um, Eric is the senior pastor of uh, Rocky Mountain Calvary Chapel, uh, which is in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Um, Eric and his team, uh, they hosted us at our most recent in-person training event. And what you're about to hear is, um, is his talk that he gave um, really on like the, the nuts and bolts, the, the sermon prep tools uh, that he brings with him into his office uh, before he approaches the pulpit. Uh, he speaks about like developing a system, figuring out a routine, uh, knowing the right tools and the right kind of tools that is going to help him uh, to ultimately get the most out of the Bible. Uh, truly, the priority is the Word itself, uh, not just books written about the Word, but the power is in God's Word. And, and so we're thankful to Eric for bringing us in on his routine and the patterns that he's developed. And our hope is that it can help you as well. So I'm going to get out of the way, and here's Eric Cartier speaking about the tools that we need to prepare a Bible study. My topic is uh, sermon prep uh, essentials and looking more at the practicals of of what are some tools that you really need to be able to put together a a sermon. I think as you get more into the conference, we're going to look more specifically on how you put together a message. But this is more of tools uh, that could be a blessing in putting together a message. But first, I just want to encourage you that uh, these are crazy times that we're living in, but they're awesome times spiritually. And God is really moving and working uh, through his truth. Uh, and Jesus said, know the truth and the truth will, will set you free. And I believe God's wanting to raise up communicators that are dedicated to him, that are wanting to, to teach the word. And so this is a, an exciting time to be alive. It's an exciting time to, to share the word. And the word of God is powerful in our lives and, and whatever avenues that he opens to be able to uh, share uh, with others. So... Number one, we're going to just talk through five things real quick. Uh, the first is sermon prep takes time, work, and prayer. Uh, time, work, and prayer. When it comes to putting together a message to share with others, it, it does take your time. There's no way to uh, shortchange that, is to set aside some time to be able to uh, seek the Lord. And one of the things that can happen so easily is we get distracted, A lot of our sermon prep is done on a computer, on a device that you've got access to the internet. And, you know, here I am doing some sermon prep. And the next thing you know, I'm on Craigslist looking for a new mountain bike, right? Or here comes an email and I jump over and I got to check that email really quick. Or here's a text from my daughter. And then that leads me to four or five other texts that I haven't answered. And it can be really hard to stay focused with the time that you have. So take that time, you know, set aside some time and then really ask that the Lord would give you strength to say, all right, 
I may only have an hour, but I'm going to give it focused, my focused attention. I got four hours. I'm going to give it my, my focused attention, but God's going to honor that time that you put in and that work that you put in as well. A verse you're probably familiar with, uh, 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. A worker, you're, you're actually putting work into knowing the text, rightly dividing to where you're able to say, there's some assurance that I know that this is what God has communicated, not my opinion or somebody else's uh, opinion. And then that leads into prayer. Oftentimes we think of, of sermon prep as something that's outside of prayer, but to be able to fellowship with God while we're reading his word, to, to call out to him. Uh, Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. So that's a promise that God gives to us of, of calling out to him and, and praying. It's interesting when you look at the apostles, there was needs to be met uh, with the widows and they raised up more leaders because they said, we can't leave uh, the ministry of prayer and the word. And prayer actually came first, you know, so, so seeking the Lord as you're, as you're studying is a really important uh, tool in sermon preparation. Uh, so first thing is, is time, work and, and prayer. The second seems kind of obvious, but spend time in the text for yourself. Spend time in the, the text for yourself. This is a tool in sermon prep. In the day and age that we live in, you can pretty much get to a place where you're taking everybody else's word for it. You've got your favorite pastor, your favorite teacher, your favorite commentaries, and we're going to talk about that in just a moment, and they really have their place. But you'll know it. God will know it. The people that are listening to you will know it if you've spent time in the text or not. So a good habit to do is if you're teaching, say, John chapter 1, is read that text as much as you possibly can. Read it through three or four times, five times, even before you start breaking it down. If you've got some time on your lunch hour, man, man, read it. I remember when I was in high school, I'd pack around my Bible and it's like, man, if I've got a little bit of extra time sitting here in French class that I'm not going to remember, right? I'm going I'm to read the word. I'm going to read this, this section of, of scripture. Get the text that you're going to be teaching through an app, through your Bible app and listen to that. If you get the privilege of teaching through a, a book of the Bible, man, listen to that, that book just over and over. And you can't shortchange that. You can't duplicate that. And the Holy Spirit uses that as you're, as you're reading the text and getting to know that section of scripture that you're going to be sharing. The third is develop a routine in sermon prep. And what I mean by this is you kind of want to have your own system of what you're going to do when you're putting together uh, a message. And it'll look different for everyone. Every pastor that I've met has got a little bit different of uh, a routine that they go through. But for example, it might mean read the text three to five times. And that's what you're going to do first. But before you do anything else, I'm just going to, I'm going to read it through three, four, uh, five times. And then write out observations from the text, as Cody was talking about with inductive Bible study. Uh, something that I, is part of my routine is I take the text 
from BibleGateway.com. Stick it into a pages document or a Word document for, for those of you that use Word. And just start making observations through, throughout uh, the text. That, that's part of uh, my routine. I always like to develop uh, a theme, if I can, and an intro and a conclusion and illustrations. When you're, when you're prepping and you've got this routine that you're going through is to say, okay, what's my takeoff and my landing? You know, I was taught that teaching's a lot like conducting a flight. When you're on an airplane, what do they do? They communicate to you at the beginning. Hey, we're uh, going to L.A. If you're not going to L.A., you're on the wrong flight. Here's the rules, yada, yada, yada. Then you're in the air, you're cruising, and you start to land. They give you some more instructions. So that introduction and that conclusion is, is so important. Having some illustrations. Illustrations are really hard to come by. And you seek the Lord for those. You, you steal some illustrations sometimes, right? A lot of times those illustrations come from our own lives. But that's something that I think through and that I pray through is introduction conclusions. But also to read two or three commentaries. And that leads into to number four is find solid commentaries that speak to you. Solid commentaries that will speak to your heart and, and speak to your life. It, it's really fun to have David Guzik here. Uh, when I first started teaching the Bible, it was at a young adults group in Nampa, Idaho. Like I'd gotten out of school ministry, and this was kind of my first opportunity. Left Oregon, came to Idaho, and the small church, they said, we can't pay you, but we'll love for you to to serve our young adults. So we started a young adults ministry. There was like eight or 10 of us and teaching through books of the Bible. And my buddy Brent Bowden's like, you know, have you checked out Blue Letter Bible? And I'm like, no, what's Blue Letter Bible? And he turned me on to Blue Letter Bible. And he's like, I really like David Guzik's commentary that, that's on there. And ever since, I've used it all the time. It's been a huge blessing. Thank you, David, for, for putting that on there. If, if you guys haven't looked at Enduring Word, look at it. There's, there's a verse-by-verse commentary through books of the Bible. And you can go to it, and this is the section of Scripture that I'm, that I'm teaching, and, and I'm going to glean, glean from it. A couple of others of my favorites is the Bible Knowledge Commentary. I, if you can afford it, buy it. it. It'll be a huge blessing to you. Get, get Genesis to Revelation, uh, and it gives you good, solid information in, in teaching God's Word. I'm a little bit biased. I did grow up at a church called Applegate Christian Fellowship, and John Corson's commentary has been a huge blessing to me. So those are some of my favorites. Sometimes there's guys that are really good at one particular book, and so you might pick up their commentary on that particular book. But, but here's the thing. Commentaries are number four, not number one. If you make your commentaries number one, you're going to really miss out on knowing the text and knowing what God's speaking to you and what he's wanting to share with those particular uh, people. Um, what commentaries do for us, one, is they provide a good check. So if you put together a message and then you read two or three commentaries and you've got something new that nobody else has ever thought of before, you're probably wrong, <laughs> you know? If, if, if I've studied something out and I've made an observation and I go to these trusted commentaries and I'm the only one that has thought of that, I, I got to really step back and, and rethink uh, that. 
And you can glean from these commentaries, give credit where, where credit is due. Um, I like to, to think of it of in terms of making it your own. So, so you've read these commentaries. Maybe you listen to a message. You've listened to a pastor te- teach through that. Don't necessarily just use his illustrations, use his jokes, those type of things. But glean from it. Go, oh, this is a really good insight that benefited me and really encouraged me. But I think you'll really be blessed as you find some solid commentaries or Bible teachers that really bless you and encourage you. And sermon prep essentials, number five, the the last one is meet with Jesus. Meet with Jesus. There is very much an academic aspect to sermon preparation. You might consider it mind work, if you will. But if you only do the mind work, there's going to be something missing. Again, I was taught in, in sermon prep is a message born in the mind reaches the mind, but a message born in the heart reaches the heart. You think about those messages that have impacted you over the years, and they're in the heart of the person that's sharing it. So how does that that message get into your heart? How does that text get into your heart? A lot of times it's by spending time with the Lord and you're talking with the Lord about this text. You're going for a walk and, and just praying through this text, allowing the Holy Spirit to, to put it into your heart and, and into your life. And that comes through meeting with Christ and spending time with Christ and drawing near to Christ. I love the emphasis of this conference of Christ-centered preaching, well, go to the source. Go, go to Jesus. You're, you're going to be pointing people to Jesus and, and spend time with him. A question I like to try to ask myself uh, at the end of a message when I'm driving home, has my life been impacted? You know, is there more that I've learned about the Lord and, and who he is? Or, or did I simply dispense information? Uh, and you can get to that place where Man, you're really good at communicating information, but it hasn't impacted your, your heart and uh, your life. So kind of just a quick review, quick recap. It takes time, work, prayer, be diligent, spend time in the text for yourself, uh, develop a routine. And, and as you develop your routine, change it up. Go, okay, I don't really know what it means to have a routine, but I got a few ideas from this conference, so, so here's my routine, and then I'm going to try something different that I haven't tried before, and you might find something that, that really works for you, but develop a routine. Find some solid commentaries that speak to you, and then meet with the Lord, and really draw near to Him, and draw near to Him and His, his Word, and God will really use that in, in your heart and, and in your life, so... Well, thank you so much, Eric. I uh, really appreciate that. Uh, appreciate your succinctness, your clarity, your brevity. Uh, you have served us well. Uh, thank you so very much. And for those of you that are listening and are thinking to yourself, man, I wish I could have been there in person. Well, uh, our next training event is taking place in the month of February, February 18th and 19th in Costa Mesa, California. So we're going to have uh, in-person training. There's going to be incredibly practical teaching from up front, like what you just heard, uh, combined with uh, mentorship groups and discussion times, as well as Q&A panels. 
All of this is designed to really maximize learning so that you can grow in your personal study and public proclamation of God's word. All right. Have a great December. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. If this is your first episode you've ever heard, or if it's your 199th episode, thanks for coming on this journey. Uh, We really want to grow in this, uh, this task, this gifting, this calling, this sacred responsibility of teaching God's word. Uh, We all want to grow in this together. So thanks for joining us. I'll see you next week for the next episode of the Expositors Collective Podcast. Thank you.